0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Demetra Gray Show. I'm here by myself today. We had the past two episodes with Jordan, and he will be joining us again in the future, but today it is just me. And I wanted to tell you, Happy New Year, um, because at the time of recording this, I think this episode will come out a couple days before the new year. So, happy 2024 to you. Jordan and I have been doing a lot of reflecting on the year. I think, like, this time of the year, I find myself wanting to speed up, but actually what is happening is, like, and what always ends up happening is that I really need, like, I feel like the whole month around the new year feels like a lot of reflecting and cocooning I feel really internal I feel like I don't even really want to hang out with my friends like I don't really want to see anyone I feel besides Jordan I feel very like cozy and I think uh part of that too I mean this happened last year too but it was nice that we got to spend a couple months away with my family in October November Um, because being here and knowing we're going to go away again in mid-January, we're going away, uh, it just feels like the year is going to ramp up and now is our time to really cocoon in this way. And, um, I don't know if everyone has a sort of ritualized, uh, like, preparing for the year ahead and reflecting on the year prior, but it's a really, it's been a really big part of mine and Jordan's relationship. And, uh, the past two years, this year and last year, we've actually done this thing together. It's called Head Start by a company called Commit Action. And the guy who created Commit Action is a friend of Jordan's and it's a really great business. I had, they have like accountability coaches and you basically just, like, check in with your coach weekly. It's a really great service. And uh, they have this thing yearly. So I had a, a coach through them for a bit, and I don't know. I think Jordan still uses them. And uh, I, I know that he still uses them. I don't know why I said I think. Um, and they do this thing every year called Head Start. And it's, like, this whole process of reflecting on the year behind you. And one of the ways that they do it, there's, like, a whole big process. But part of it that I found really beautiful and, like, a really nice way and something you can try is uh, to write a letter to your past self. So they call it, like, a love letter to your past self and – uh You basically write to you from a year ago, telling that version of you everything that's going to happen in the year ahead. And so, like, I wrote my letter to Demetra of December 2022, like, telling her about 2023, and it's cool because I did it last year, too, and so I can, like, go back and read my letter that I wrote last year to Demetra of December 2021 And I can, like, wait, is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. December of 2021. And I can, like, read all the things that happened, like, in the year of 2022. And it's just crazy to, like, look back. And when you look at the whole year like that, it can be really easy to not see how far we can come in a year, like, how much really can change in a year. And I know that for me, even though I'm always, like, self-reflecting and thinking about things, I would not – like, I always learn new things when I do this process and when I go back and look at the year behind me and I write it out and I'm like, wow, like, I would have glossed over so many of these things in my head, but a lot of them were actually really big things. So anyway – that's, like, been part of our process, and then we'll set all these goals for the, the coming year, and and I can tell you, I think maybe Jordan and I will do an episode where we talk more about the year ahead once we have it more uh, planned out together. I don't know, but uh, my main focuses this year are on healing my body and just really nourishing my body, which I'm going to talk more about in this episode um, I've been wanting to just like do a very very thorough deep dive on everything that's been going on with my body. And uh, also like work-wise writing books and focusing on myself as an author. And it's so funny because like I feel like I just realized that I'm an author. Like I was saying to Jordan the other day, it's so funny. Like I wrote two books. I wrote a book in 2019 and in 2020 books of poetry. And, uh, I've been writing a memoir, but I said like the memoir is going to take so long. I feel like the memoir is like a five to 10 year project. Cause it's just so massive. Um, not even massive in length, but just massive in me. I I'm writing about essentially my brother's accident and the time around that and then the impact that that had on my life and it's really emotional it's hard to write it wasn't really I mean it was hard to do the initial writing but the rewriting is much harder because I've been rewriting now and I can only do it in little bits at a time and it's really tough to to Really flesh out these moments in time as like scenes and because it means I have to go back and feel them all in. Uh, yeah, I just think that will, that will take a long time. But, uh, I've also written these books of poetry and I want to continue to, to make more books like that. And so I'm just letting myself do it. And that's like where I'm headed work wise is just focusing on that. So that's really exciting for me too. So, uh, yeah. So those are like my two focuses in, in the year ahead. And it's, I always, I have chosen like a word for the year and I don't know if I have one for this year. Like I, I used to make episodes. I like the past few years I've like chosen a word for the year. And nothing has really come to me for this year. Maybe focus, (laughs) if I like had to pick on that, just popped into my head. Uh, I feel like this last year was the year of my voice. Like when I reflect on it, I feel like I felt like I lost my voice and found my voice again. And it really, uh, re calibrated, re. I don't know, just like it deepened and, and strengthened my relationship with my own voice. And, uh, that's what I'm taking away. It was also like one of the hardest years ever. It was really challenging in a number of ways. So it's also nice kind of to have that. Like, I feel like I've lived more years of life now when I'm like, wow, that was a really challenging year because a few years ago, I feel like every year I'd be like, that's the best year I've ever had. And maybe it was true for me at the time, but I feel like it feels different and more mature in some way to be able to look at the last year and be like, that was not the best year I've ever, like it was a great year in a number of ways. I learned a lot of things and it was also a really hard year. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I've been wanting to talk more about everything going on with my body health autoimmune disorders i i think i've mentioned a couple times here and there that i was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder this year of rheumatoid arthritis officially according to according to the rheumatologist and this has been massive this kind of happened back like in march so uh and but it happened in sort of it was like it's basically been a past year of discovery, slowly, which I'll talk through, but I I wanted to make this episode because as I've been learning things, I feel like I'm learning so much and so many things, and uh somebody, well, there's a couple things. One is, like, I've always just liked to share my journey and, like, share what I'm learning, and hope that it can help someone. And the other piece is like, as I've been learning, I've been learning from other people and certain people sharing their journeys. I'm like, wow, I'm so grateful that this person like shared this with the world because if not for them, I wouldn't know to think about any of this. And so I want to be able to do that too. Like I want to be able to give it back in that way. And I feel like uh I've just learned so much and I'm in a position where I'm able to learn a ton and uh, I want to just share that with all of you. So I think that, I mean, I think, I don't think this will be relevant to everyone necessarily, but it might be relevant to you to think about uh anything health related. Like if, because I'm going to talk specifically about my process in discovering this autoimmune disease and like all the different components that can go into uh like a disease or a disorder something going wrong with our health and so categorizing things in that way like you know there's i i believe that there's many different components at one time that go into something health related. So there's like emotional, physical, maybe spiritual. There's environmental, genetic. Uh, there's like the medical perspective. There's an ancestral, like there's just so many different pieces of things that make up when something goes really wrong with our health. And, uh, I want to talk through all those different pieces. And so perhaps I could see this being relevant to someone who just like ha- has something going on with their health in any way and wants to just relate, like think about how to relate to it from a number of different perspectives and welcome all those perspectives in. I think that things are super complex a lot of the time and people – uh, uh people are looking for a simple answer. And I think the answer is, is not so simple most of the time. And I also hope that this would be really helpful for anyone who has an autoimmune disorder, which is apparently a lot of people. Uh, so that being said, before I like go through all these different pieces and I'll tell you about like the journey of getting diagnosed with it and discovering it and what it has been like and all of it uh, but I want to give a big caveat and my caveat is that this I am sharing as like information kind of entertainment like I am not a medical professional by any means I'm not giving you medical advice I uh, do not have all the answers. I'm at, like, the beginning of my journey in this. I feel like I've learned a lot, and I'm on a really good track, but I've also felt that before, (laughs) you know, like, I, uh, if you know about my food journey, like, I gained over a 100 pounds, uh, trying to heal myself, and now when I look back at that, like, the reason that that happened, in large part, was because I didn't have all the information. Like, I had some of the information and that information I had was correct, but, uh, without the full context and the full knowledge, uh, things, like, you might not do things in the most efficient or best way possible. So, uh, I just want to say that because I'm not, I am sharing this to just, like, Share it in case any piece of it is helpful and to keep you updated and just share. But um, don't, (laughs) don't, like, take it and dive into it yourself and learn more yourself. And that is a piece I'll first touch on because I actually think this is the most important piece. I think that there can be this way with people, with health, that is this, we're exhausted, right? Like it's, it's stressful. Um, and I think this, I've, I see this with people in any sort of health condition. People aren't, like, there's a lot of different excuses that can be had for not learning more information. And for me, I honestly think it took me like, a long time, to finally come to this place of being super willing. Like, reaching the place of being like, I'm actually willing to go on this journey. Like, I'm willing to learn the things. I'm willing to figure it out. And I, up until this point, for a number of years, actually probably like my whole 20s in different ways, maybe my whole life. I mean, as a teenager, there was stuff that was wrong. Like I've talked about how I had such bad acne. I had such a sensitive stomach. There was something going on probably with my hormones, um, the types of foods I was eating, just different stuff was off. And I was like, I'm going to fix it myself. And then at some point in my 20s, early 20s, uh, I started having symptoms of endometriosis, and so endometriosis was something I dealed with through, like, all of my 20s. I honestly don't think I have endometriosis now. I – I mean, maybe I still have it. You, They would have to, like, do a surgery to look to find out. But the way that my cycles have shifted so dramatically in the last year, like, I don't have pain with my periods anymore. So – uh. I used to have periods that were, like, 9, 10 days long, super heavy, super clotty. Maybe I'll have to do – I'll talk more about periods another time because I also had a year of bleeding, right? And that was crazy. Uh, but, like, now my cycle, while not perfect, uh, is in, like, such a better place. Like, I barely have any pain. Um, it's a normal length, like, five days, or so it's like a normal uh, amount. It's just, it's way better than it ever has been. So that's maybe a different topic. I'll put that aside. But (laughs) um, because I dealt with that, that was like my main focus of my 20s was like uh, wanting to heal this, but also simultaneously feeling this feeling that I can only describe as just like despair. (laughs) Like I don't want to, I don't want to learn it. I don't want to have to learn nutrition and biology and all this stuff. And like, uh, I just want someone to tell me how to fix it. And I think it's good to have both parts. It's really good to go to others for expertise. And, uh, also the place that I've come to now, and I don't know that this would go for everything. Perhaps if there was something more mild you had, then it would be totally fine to just, like, hire someone and listen to what they say and go on your way, but uh, I've hired a number of different people, and all those people have contributed in a helpful way, but I, I really got to the point where, like, I just realized that I still had this part of me that was like, I don't want to, like, I felt like all of this learning and all of this uh, focus on healing my body, I was really looking at it completely the wrong way. Like, I was looking at it as like, this is getting in the way of me living the rest of my life. And instead, I think the biggest shift that happened recently was like, oh, I'm, this is my, like, I'm willing to do, I'm willing to learn it. I'm willing to, like, like, I kind of, I finally put the part of me that was like, I don't want to, you know, whatever it is, it might be for you, like, tracking. I, f- I see people who are so resistant to tracking their food. And I believe that the fact is that, like, if you want to – because I think in the eating disorder world – this is going to be such a long episode. <laughs> I, like I have so much to say. I think in the eating disorder world, which I was like a part of because I did my whole food journey, Uh, and now I deleted all my past things on my website. So, I'm going to have to like – I'm going to have to write a big reference article so that I still have somewhere to point people to to be like, this was the whole journey that I did. Um. I, in the eating disorder world, they're, like, I don't know, they seem to define healthy eating or just, like, healed, like, in a healed eating disorder as, like, you just never think about food again. And you just, like, like, if you're thinking of foods at all or there's any foods that you, like, don't really eat, then that's not a healed relationship with food and uh, you just need to, like, like, food doesn't really equate to health, I guess, is how it appeared to me, like, from the all-in community and, like, the people that I worked with, and um, it was, like, that's an, that's an eating disorder, and wanting to, like, learn more about what different foods could do to your body and how they could interact was an eating disordered behavior. And I tried that and it didn't work for me. Okay. Uh, maybe it didn't work for me because I have an autoimmune disorder. Like maybe, maybe there were so many other issues, but I don't think so. I think that, uh, there's a lot of things for people. I don't know, but, uh, it, it didn't make me healthier, arguably at this point, it made me more unhealthy. But I don't know if that's really fair to say, because I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think I could say it, it It did make me more unhealthy. I think it made room for things to come to the surface that were already there, is what I'll say. I think, like, I don't really think that gaining a bunch of weight directly caused, I definitely don't think it directly caused the autoimmune disorder. I think there's, like, a lot of different components that I'll go into. I think I actually already probably had. Like, if someone had tested my blood for it before I started eating more, I think I would have shown a positive. So, um, but I I do think, like, gaining a bunch of weight, you get too much estrogen. There's, like, so many different things that happen in the body when – you're really overweight. And that certainly did not help anything and kind of stressed me out a lot more. Stressed my joints, stressed lots of things. So, and I also want to say, like, I think the proper attitude to approach all of this kind of stuff um, and the place that I've moved from is from, like, I think I've had a lot of self-blame my whole life. Like, oh, I have bad skin. What am I doing wrong? oh, I have endometriosis. What am I doing wrong? I'm doing something wrong. What's wrong with me? Uh, And in this, that was, it took me a long time to, to, um, to move out of the self-blame, like something I did caused this. I spent two years in a cult and that was my fault. Like, how did I, how did I do such a stupid thing that like completely wrecked me as a person and like who I am? Uh, I, you know, gained a bunch of weight. Why did I do such a stupid thing? Like, there's so much self-blame, and, um, I think that that's not at all a helpful place to approach things from, and that was a massive shift for me this year also, was shifting from this place of, like, self-blame, self-questioning into, uh, I actually know best and it's not my fault there's like so many different pieces that go into something like this and um like I can just put all of the blame to the side it's not helpful it doesn't really matter there's no way to know for sure if it's true or not like it just uh it's not helping the cause so putting that down and uh Yeah, so the perspective that these, like, the eating disorder world kind of takes is, like, has nothing to do with it. Like, uh, nutrition just doesn't, uh, don't focus on it. And um, I think that's bullshit. Like, I just don't think it's helpful at all, actually. And uh, I think it's so interesting. It's, like, this has actually been kind of a theme of my whole life. I remember – I found this guy. His name is Matt Stone when I was – gosh, I think I was, like, 20, and I was healing from my first round of what I called orthorexia, which was, like, I was – and I was way more paranoid then at that age. I think it was, like, after my brother's accident, I was so stressed, and then I just, like, uh, cut out all of these foods, and I was just eating, like, vegetables and rice and fruit for a while, and uh, – when I started adding all the things back in and I added a bunch of food, I found this guy called Matt Stone and he's still, his stuff is still around. Uh, but he, he was actually, I think he's like one of the original like OG guys of maybe the pro-metabolic space. He, he, he talked a lot about metabolism and, like, how actually if you eat more, that will speed up your metabolism, which will help your body. And at the time, it was, like, simple enough for what I was going through because I didn't really have, uh, like, my main issue, I thought, was – I wouldn't say it, like, healed anything health-wise, but I didn't have super loud health things besides my skin. Um, and – Anyway, I did what he said, which was like, eat a bunch of food. Uh, I gained like five pounds. And then after a month, it like went away. And I was like, oh, that guy is really interesting. But I was I was like, (laughs) like reading all his articles and stuff. This world of independent health researching, which is what I'm trying to say. Uh, And there's this girl, actually, I don't know her name. I don't know her name. I'll have to link her. She's Fundamental Nutrition, I think, on Instagram. Uh, But she's an independent health researcher, too. And I love this stuff. Like, I love this in-depth dive because it's it's scientifically based. It's not like this – it's not like fucking, I don't know, the medical medium or, like, just, like, energetic, spiritual, like, approaches to nutrition, which I also am just – I never was super into it, but I'm done with it forever. Uh, But it's, like, based on actual science, but it's basically saying, like, what I like about independent researchers are, like, they use the real science to challenge the mainstream thoughts. It's kind of, it's like what independent journalists do, too, right? It's like uh, mainstream media might be reporting one thing, but the independent journalists uh, like House and Habit, which I am obsessed with. uh can go to the actual event see the same thing mainstream media saw and like challenge the perception of what actually occurred and so independent health researching is like that and uh there's people that do that a bunch of them and uh so the more that i've learned And the more I continue to learn about nutrition, it's just like, if if, what I was trying to say in all this is that (laughs) if you don't track your food, I don't really think that there's a way in this day and age to ensure that you're healthy. And maybe you could argue that if you're already super healthy and you just like feel great and everything's great, then you probably never had a damaged relationship with food to begin with is what I would guess. Or who knows, maybe you're going to end up with something later or maybe you just have really good genetics. Uh, But I think that if for people who have like had a past history of dieting or cutting things out or under eating or all this different stuff, like they already are having health stuff, I don't really think, I mean, I think there may be the exception once in a while, someone like radically changes their life and they become like, way less stressed or something, and then they just, like, start feeling way better and they heal. Um, There's always going to be these different pieces and different stories. So I'm not saying that that can't be the case. But I just think that for most people, like, I don't know. I just see a lot of women with, like, really bad periods or really – and I'm like, if you just tracked your food and learned more about nutrition, you could fix that like I and it's just uh I don't think people like the thought of tracking food and I used to feel this way it's just like oh my god it's so exhausting that's how I used to feel about taking my temperature in the morning to track my menstrual cycle like you can just track your cycle you can know when you I don't I guess this is news for people uh for a lot of people still it's like you can track your cycle you can know when you ovulate you can know if you're ovulating you can know when your period's gonna come you can know all these things just by tracking your temperature but when I first got my temperature I was like oh I cannot do this every day oh my god it takes so long or oh it's gonna beep or like all this stuff and it's just like this narr- these narratives I think very unhelpfully get in the way So I think that that was the biggest shift for me. And I think that has to be the biggest shift for anyone who's looking to actually go on the journey of healing themselves. I think uh, it's not like a fuck you, uh, like I... Like, fuck the medical system. I'm just going to do it myself. It's like, no, I'm actually going to incorporate the medical system. I'm going to incorporate everyone, but I'm going to be in charge and I'm going to learn the things I need to learn in order to figure it out. And uh, really, like, you know, be willing to track the things, be willing to do the the things that that takes. So, um, and when I say tracking, I'm not really even... Like, talking a little bit about calories, like, you should be making sure you're eating enough. Macro splits are important. Maybe we'll talk more about that another time. Or later, because I might talk about a little of what I'm doing now. Um, but even more so, like, micronutrients. Like, you can, on an app like Chronometer, some people say it, chronometer. I think it's chron- I don't know how you say it. But, like, you can track uh, everything. You can track your zinc, your copper, your iron, your, uh, vitamin A, your retinol, your, like, you know, different forms of each vitamin. You can track, uh, all the different kinds of protein. You can, like, all these little things. Are you getting enough magnesium, potassium, all this stuff, uh, you can track and find out. And, uh, but you have to learn, you know, and, Um, anyway, there's so much, so, so much in there. Um, but I came to a place where I was willing to do the learning. And so I think my attitude toward it has massively shifted. And that's something I'm really focusing on this year. It's like, okay, I have a plan. I'm going to do this. Uh, I really believe that I can put it into remission. I'm not against I'm not against medication if that's where it has to go. I'm not like a, oh no, you can never touch a medication. Medication. I'm just like, I don't, that's not really right for me right now. And uh, so I'm going to take you through it, okay? <laughs> so uh I think I'll, the way I'll do it is I'll take you through like my discovery of it and then all of the different components that I think caused it, quote unquote, like what goes into it and like the options that I'm exploring. I don't have a, a an answer yet. I'm still like uh, kind of at the beginning, really, like figuring it all out and doing testing for certain things and looking at it all more in detail. So but I, I, and part of me was like, maybe I should wait to share until I know things more for sure, but I don't know if it matters. And I also think that like, uh, I, I personally like to hear stories of like what people are thinking when they're in the middle of things. Cause then I can like try, like I can learn from certain parts. So all these things are up in the air. They're just, like, what I'm considering. So, uh, basically, my rheumatoid arthritis, this stuff, and I think, I'm going to try to not say too many things at once. Uh, it First thing, it goes back very far in my family. So, like, my aunt has it, her daughter has it, my grandmother had it on my dad's side, my grandmother had it, her mom had it, her mom had it probably her mom had it. It goes just back very, very, very far. So that's pretty intense. Like all of them have, have had it. Uh, there's also a, another component. Well, I don't know if I should talk I'll just mention it now and then go more into it later, which is that some people think that, uh, all autoimmune disorders are actually, like, the root cause of them is very similar. They're all expressions of the same thing, including long COVID. Uh, and that um, it's all, like, the immune system. Actually, I was listening to a doctor yesterday who he he also believed that cancer was very similar, that the root cause is uh, that the react the problem is with the immune system like the immune system is not reacting in a healthy way one way or another it's not like doing the proper things and that he was saying that uh he thinks that all like cancers autoimmune disorders like all this stuff has a lot more in common than it does uh like different so uh I'm just like putting that in there because, uh, I think that there are other people in my family who, um, they might, they don't have this exactly, but they, uh, have long COVID or have something different. Like, and I think that actually the root cause could be similar. So I'm just like throwing that out there too. Uh, so it goes back really far, but I didn't really know this. Okay. If I had known this... (laughs) then I would have been on it a lot more closely. All I knew up until, like, I don't know, the summer, was that I knew my grandmother had really bad arthritis, but I didn't know it was a rheumatoid. I didn't know it was an autoimmune disorder. I just knew that, like, her hands were really, like, uh, crunched up. Like, I didn't know her super well. She died when I was, well, I think she died when I was like a teenager, but I just didn't see her that much. We, we weren't cl- as close with my dad's side of the family in that way. And uh, so I knew she had arthritis, but I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. And I didn't know, certainly did not know it was an autoimmune disorder. And I didn't know that my aunt had it. I didn't, I didn't know. So, uh, but it's funny because I also did know some part of me, like I bought all these books on autoimmune disorders, like toward the beginning of my early, I think it was, it must've been in like 2019 or 2020, a few years ago. And I bought, I bought like, I don't know, three or four of them because I had read somewhere that uh, endometriosis can be linked. So there was a reason. It was that I, I read that endometriosis can be linked to autoimmune conditions where like Some people think that endometriosis is, um, it is a type of autoimmune kind of thing happening. Some people, and some people say that there's just like this correlation where it seems like, uh, endometriosis is like more common in people with autoimmune disorders. So I had this suspicion And I bought all these books on autoimmune disorder. So I bought like When the Body Says No, which I talked about in the other episode, Gabbert Mate's book. And I don't remember the other ones I bought. I bought one on like chronic illness stories and I bought one on, I don't know. I've read all these books on on autoimmune stuff. And I was like reading the, I was like, this is me. But I didn't have any autoimmune symptoms. And then uh, like that I could really place. And then- What happened, uh, during my food journey, so, well, I I mean, it's really complicated, right? It's hard to say. During my, right at the beginning of my food journey, I started going to the doctor a lot because I was afraid. I was gaining a lot of weight and I was just like, um, uh, you know, is this bad? What's going on? Like, I had knee pain. My knees felt achy and sore, but I thought that my knees just felt sore from gaining weight and my knees have always caused me problems. So then this caught, this brings up the other question of like, have I had this since I was a teenager? Like when I was a teenager, I had something super weird going on with my knee. Uh, They didn't really know what it was. They ended up telling my mom it was like a, a growing pain kind of thing uh and i had to like wear a brace for a while during soccer and stuff but it wasn't like an injury it was just like something was bothering me and then in my very early 20s my knees started to bother me all the time like just sitting like in butterfly and stuff and i was doing a lot of yoga so i was like maybe i'm stretching my ligaments like i'm damaging my ligaments like trying to force myself into these yoga poses And it just never really went away, and I never really thought anything of it. Like, my knees just were always achy, like, all through my 20s. And then I built up so much muscle. I did a lot of powerlifting. I had a ton of muscle, which I now realize was super protective to my whole body. Like, the worst thing I ever did was stop lifting, to be honest with you. Like, if you don't lift, I think you should start lifting immediately and don't stop. I wish more than anything that I could be in the gym. And I hope that, I believe I'll get back there. But uh, I didn't know. I thought muscle, like, people were just like, oh, muscle burns more calories. No, muscle does so much stuff to your body. Not only is it protecting your joints, it's uh, helping regulate blood sugar. It's just, like, it's it's a very medic- metabolically active tissue. It's really good for, like, many, many, many different things in the body. So, uh, I had a lot of muscle and I actually think my guess would be that my muscle was protecting me from a lot, even though I wasn't eating enough. Uh, I think there were these underlying things wrong that my muscle was really helping with in part. Uh, and so yeah, so I, and, but there were still, even with my muscle, there was certain amount, there were certain things I couldn't do at the gym. Like I couldn't really do, Like, leg extension would hurt my knees. Uh, Lunges sometimes would hurt. Like, there were just things where my knees would have achiness. But I couldn't really place it on anything. And it wasn't a big enough deal. Like, I don't know, I never considered going to a doctor about it. I was just like, I don't know, it's just a thing my knees do. So, if I had been tested then what i have tested positive. They also know that typically before people get diagnosed uh their blood would show like the antibodies in in on on bleh, in an autoimmune disorder your body produces. I'm like so I'm like I'm so excited to finally like say all of these things that i've been thinking about out loud like at one time cuz i've been sharing them with people in my life, you know, but like to just be like here's just me talking about it for an hour. It's like, okay, I have so much to say. Uh, so, um, your body produces antibodies. I think in all, I don't know about all. I have not looked into all autoimmune disorders as much as, uh, just this one. So, um, but, I know it happens in a lot of others. Like, people have, what's it called? Like, anti-nuclear antibody or something, a- ANA they test for. My That is negative for me. So, uh, at the start of my food journey, she, the doctor, upon finding out, like, that I had knee pain, I was like, I've kind of always had knee pain, but I do. And she was like, let me, like, I got tested for all these different things. They tested me for diabetes, which I do not have. They tested me for, like, lots of different things stuff because i was just starting to feel unwell and i think in retrospect anybody would feel unwell having gained that much weight that quickly the eating disorder world said that it was healthy and fine and because they said i was feeling so bad because of how much i had damaged my body in the past so anyway lots to say there but the doctor at the time was like let me test you for autoimmune and i was like oh my god i know i have an autoimmune disorder i'm so scared she tested me for this ANA and it was negative. And she was like, you don't have an autoimmune disorder. And I didn't know any better. I didn't know anything about it. And I was still really operating from this place of like, Demetra, you're a hypochondriac. You're just like, like this swell- self-questioning, self-blaming, right? I It's actually like the worst. Um, it, it's this really tricky mind thing I think I was doing for most of my 20s, which was like, um... I knew that something was wrong, but I kept thinking that the problem was that I thought something was wrong. (laughs) So I kept being like, why do I think, like, I would be like, something's wrong with me. And then I would go to the doctor and they would be like, you're really healthy, everything's fine. Or like, people would be around me would just be like, everything's fine. And I'd be like, uh, I would just be like, oh, it must be me, like, some, I'm the one that is wrong for thinking that there's something wrong. And I just did that, like, over and over, and I never, it never occurred, I don't know, I, I think there wasn't this self-trust of, like, hey, something is actually wrong, and I know that it's wrong, and I'm going to continue to, like, thoroughly explore all these things. Like, every time I looked up autoimmune stuff, I was like, you're being ridiculous. You don't have an autoimmune disorder. Or worse, all this kind of new age belief stuff around, like, if I spend too long looking up autoimmune disorders, I'm going to give myself an autoimmune disorder. Right? And this belief that, like, if you have something, you must want to have it. And so, like, oh, if I'm, like, looking it up so much, I probably want to have one. And so I'm going to, like, cause one for myself. Like, I had all these weird mind things happening. Uh, and so I was basically just like, okay, she said there's nothing wrong. Like, there's nothing wrong. Moving on. Uh, so, <clears throat> you know, my whole food journey happens. Time in the cult happens. Um, and we'll come back to this a bit when I go into, like, the different components of what what I think has a piece in in it. Um, but the, so what happened, happened all at once. Uh, two Augusts ago, what is it? It's December. So two Augusts ago, I left the cult. Things happened in this order. I left the cult mid, mid August, let's say. I lost 10 pounds during the month of August, but we'll, we'll say by like August 22nd or so I think was when I like, no, it couldn't have even been that late. I think it was like by like August 15th or something, I'd lost 10 pounds. Uh. September, September, uh, I think it was like August 30th, August like 28th, Jordan and I found out someone in my family had a health thing that made me want to go home immediately. So we immediately left and traveled to the States where we stayed for a month. We immediately got COVID. <laughs> so I'm telling you all these things, they all happened at one time and I think they all had this uh, contributing factor to, like, my body getting to a place where the, my, my sort of capacity to handle stress and to handle stuff was so maxed out. It's okay. Jordan's home. (laughs) Are you just gonna put them away and then go? Okay, Jordan's just gonna put things in the fridge. So, if you hear some sounds, that's what's going on. So, uh, I think that, if you think of things as like I often think of them people term this in different ways but I often think of them as like having a big glass jar just like full of water and it's like I think that my jar was already like slowly filling up more and more with water and then it got to this point where like all these things happened within like a month span and it was just way too much so uh left the cult lost 10 pounds uh went home went back to Pennsylvania my wrist my first joint flare-up was uh my wrist flared up on our drive into the states to go home and it felt like I had injured my wrist like it just felt like my wrist hurt so much and it was like swollen and just really hurt and I thought like I don't know I did something wrong like I must have like hurt it by like I don't know gripping the steering wheel too hard I thought I had carpal tunnel I don't know what I thought and I was still really swollen like I had this edema from when I had gained weight so I couldn't really I was like I don't know something's going on with my wrist but my wrist had also bothered me always on and off at times like I had hurt it when I was really young and I, like in a soccer thing, like I stuck out my hand and the ball hit it. And I never went to the doctor for it. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Maybe one, one day I'll get an x-ray or MRI on my wrist. I think I have had an x-ray. Um, I'll find out what, what's <laughs> happening. But so my wrist light up and I was like, I injured my wrist. And then after like two days, it completely went away. And I was like, that was weird didn't really think anything of it and then like a month later uh something happened i don't know i think we had come back so i lost another 10 pounds in september i hiked a lot in september felt pretty fine to hike my knees bothered me but they had always been bothering me uh that's another thing that would always bother my knees through all my 20s like hiking downhill things would just make my knees feel achy and so, uh, I think, yeah, then we came back and I, I thought I would, I think I started going to the gym a little bit here and there that fall. Cause I was excited that I was losing weight and I was excited to start moving more. Like it made me want to start moving more, which is also the f- interesting thing. It's like, I didn't start moving more and then lose weight. I just like dropped all the weight. I like dropped 20 pounds before I started moving more at all. And dropping 20 pounds it just like made me start feeling better and I wanted to move and so I think I started going to the gym and that's why I couldn't really tell because like I started doing squats and stuff again at the gym and then my knee flared up and my knee would like get so swollen actually I don't even know if it, it was a little swollen at that time but it was like massively painful and like I can't even describe to you I have never, I've been injured in so many different ways. Uh, My knee was like, the flare feeling was just like red hot, could not find any comfortable position, could barely walk. Uh, It just hurt so bad. And I couldn't understand like what's happening. So I went to the doctor. The doctor said, "Uh, you have bursitis. So he, you have bursas. These are these sacs in your knee. He thought mine must be inflamed. He just did this from like touching my knee. He was like, you have bursitis. And, uh, he, I think they actually took an x-ray because I was like, could I have arthritis? Because I was already like, I was like, v- this joint flaring is like a rheumatoid arthritis thing. But I couldn't, uh, I don't know. I still was doing this, like, self-questioning kind of, like, oh, I don't really, not trusting myself, and, um, he was like, no, uh, he looked at the x-rays, he's like, you don't have any arthritis, um, this is not arthritis, this is bursitis, I'm like, okay, so I'm like, why do I have bursitis, no one could tell me, so I'm like, all right, And then it happened to my shoulder. And I feel like that happened, like, it happened to my shoulder, and then maybe a few weeks would go by, and then it happened to my knee again, and then my, so it was, like, kind of jumping around. And so that was weird. But, like, I wasn't really, like, I was just kind of like, I don't know, you know, I'm losing weight. This is, like, my body's been through a lot. Uh, Who knows what's happening? Really odd. Really odd. But other things were getting better, like uh, in February, my bleeding, I had been bleeding for like a year and four months, bleeding stopped, I started ovulating again, I started having like regular cycles, I started feeling better, like more energized, and so it was interesting because it was like, I was doing these protocols and this like nutrition kind of stuff to feel better, like I did all this lab work with a practitioner and I Uh, did all these things. And, like, I was feeling better in basically all of the ways except for this joint pain. And it was so weird because it would, like, pop up and then go away. And when it popped up, it would be so bad. Like, I would lay in bed crying, like, in the middle of the night because my shoulder would be in so much pain that I could not find a position that was comfortable to lay in. And, um, And I didn't know what was happening. And then... At some point, I can't, I guess it, I think it was like in March. Uh, I did labs and I had, I did another round of labs with Laura, I think who I'd been working with. Yeah. And and that was in February and she, the, my inflammation markers were super high and she was like, I've never seen them that high. That's like, like you should just maybe have that checked again in a bit of time. And so I had it checked again in Canada and the doctor was like, like, I told her, I was like, I had this high reading and she was like, she was like, I don't like, why would we test that again? Like, it was probably fine. And I was like, she was like, do you have any other symptoms? Like, she was kind of just like, you know, a bit condescending in her tone. Just like, like I came in and I was like, I want this tested. And she was like, why? Why? do you have any other symptoms? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I have some joint pain. Like I just have, you know, she's like, okay. And thank God she like, she was like, fine, we'll test you for like all these things. And she tested me for rheumatoid factor, which is another antibody that your body makes. Like not all people who have autoimmune disorders, which I didn't know back then would be ANA positive. Uh, there's different things. So, uh, My rheumatoid factor came back and it was really high. And she was like, so she called me and she was like, it's really high. And she's like, I'm referring you to see a rheumatologist. And I was like, I don't want that at all. In Canada, it's like they refer you and then you have to wait forever for an appointment. And they actually gave me an appointment for June. So this was like in March. They gave me an appointment for June. I canceled it. Did I cancel or did I reschedule? I think I canceled it. I like waited until a week or two before and then I was like, I'm not going (laughs) because I was like, what they're going to do. And I was still sort of in this place of like, I mean, and to be fair to myself, this was like very scary. And, uh, I didn't want it to be happening. I also think I still sort of had this new age belief system of like, if I kind of just pretend it's not happening, then it's not really happening. You know, like, uh, if I don't like say the words, I have an autoimmune disorder, then like, it isn't quite real. Like I won't make it more real. I had a lot of these, like, like I'm not, I'm not taking that on. And, uh, you know, I d- yeah, I don't think ultimately that is very helpful. So, uh, I did that though for a little bit, and I like, yeah, I canceled the appointment. Um, because I was like, all she's gonna do, like, I know what she's gonna say. She's gonna say that I have this, and she's gonna give me, uh, she's gonna give me medication, and I don't want to be on this medication, so what's the point in going is how I felt at that time. So I canceled the appointment. And then in June, so in the spring, I was having a great time, by the way. like I couldn't, I couldn't lift because I started lifting and then my wrist hurt and like things were getting worse. My wrist, my wrist hurt. Uh, and like, I couldn't, it kind of like, did this weird thing. So then it was like the pain stopped. It switched from flaring up intermittently to just like certain joints always being in pain. So the intense flare sort of stopped, but then it was like things were just constantly in pain. So my wrist, uh, was just like kind of, like I couldn't use, for a bit, it was so bad. And I tried to go, I went to like six different people. I went to like a wrist expert and I went to uh, like a energy body worker and I went and I got acupuncture and I went to a, like, I went to like all these different doctors, people, practitioners and seeing all of them only made it way worse. And then it was so bad. My hand was in so much pain that I couldn't even like, touch anything with it like I couldn't open anything I couldn't like touch the door handle like I couldn't do things with my hand and that was really scary too and um very hard and but at the same time I was becoming more and more active I was hiking a lot I was getting like 10,000 steps a day or more I was like uh yeah just a lot of hiking I would go to the gym, but there were less and less things I could do without hurting my wrist. And then my shoulder was bothering me. And then uh, my knee would kind of hurt. So like there were a lot of things I couldn't do, but I was still like persisted. I did the things that I could do. And that was really fun and it felt great. And then in June, my knee was starting to bother me more and more. And it wasn't flaring, but it was like, this weird thing. And my right knee forever for like at least, I don't know, seven years has had this weird thing that I now know is a torn meniscus, but I did not know, uh, it would just kind of like click and behind my knee would click. And like, it would kind of be like something's like floating around in my knee and it would like be annoying in certain things. So like, this didn't matter so much because at the gym, I didn't like to do machines anyway. I just did barbell stuff. But if I ever tried to do like the hamstring machine at the gym, that I could not do. It hurt my knee so bad. And I never was like, it's my knee. I was just like, these are stupid machines. So I was just kind of like, I don't know, like what's with this knee? Like I never, I don't know. I just didn't really think that much of it. And uh what happened in June I don't know why I was very determined at the time I was like I am gonna just like make this knee better and so I started trying to like do the things that hurt this sounds ridiculous saying it out loud but it felt I don't know I was just like I'm tired of this knee hurting I'm tired of like being in this position with my body. Like I want, I wanna feel like me again. I used to be so active. I used to do like circus stuff and like throw myself in the air and I used to lift, I could squat 250 pounds. Like I was strong and active and could move. And I was like I miss moving and what has happened the last few years? I have gotten like I gained so much weight. I didn't move at all. Like I really lost myself and I'm going back. And uh, I think that the <laughs> the determination is significant and good and it's still there. But uh, at the time, I don't, I was just like, this stupid knee, just like, stop hurting. And I tried to do some hamstring stuff. Like I would try to do some hamstring curls. I was like, maybe my hamstring needs to be stronger to make my knee feel better. So my knee was aggravated. And then I went for a swim with a friend and I swam for an hour. Have you ever swam for an hour? I had not. I couldn't even believe that I could swim for an hour, but I swam for an hour. And uh, it was absolutely, it was pretty wild. It was, and my knees, my knee hurt the whole time. And I didn't understand why my knees would hurt because people said like, people were just like, swimming is like the least impact on your joints. And I was like, well, all my joints hurt in the water. Um, But I was just like, whatever. I'm like, not letting this hold me back. So I swam for an hour. uh, And it was really fun. Um, I was in a lake with a friend and... think we were naked and we were swimming around and we had a great time uh but we like literally swam like we weren't just like floating we were actively swimming and i swam so far and back and i was like wow and my knee hurt and then i got up and then my knee just like blew up it swelled up really a lot and (laughs) my knee hurt so much it was like i could not walk barely And I was just like, what is with my knee? So I went to the doctor, I think again. And I was like, you know, I have rheumatoid arthritis. Like I have these blood markers. Actually, I think I said I have the, because I was still in the, like, I'm not saying that I have it. I was like, the doctor thinks that I have this. Uh, I have the, I have high rheumatoid factor. And I was like, but I also went swimming and I want to like, I just want to like, because it swelled up after I went swimming, I want to see if maybe there's something wrong with the joint the doctor like moved my knee around and he was like no nothing is torn uh this is just ra like this is this is ra is rheumatoid arthritis if if you don't know he was like this is just ra and i was like fuck right and i was kind of like i don't know it just seems like something's wrong with my knee but then i was like he says nothing's torn and like uh, that it's just RA. so like what do i do right and then i think um i kind of was in this like frozen mode like i didn't really know what to do in june um because then it felt like i was in so much pain uh and um i could barely walk like i was having so i was getting so much enjoyment out of hiking and like moving my body And then suddenly it was like I couldn't really do much of anything. And I would try to power through it because I was like, well, it's just RA. And in RA, you don't really – you don't necessarily damage your joints more by moving. Like sometimes moving is better. Moving is certainly better than not moving at all. And so I I like would still go for walks and things. And when it hurt, I would just kind of be like, that's okay. Uh, You know, like – I'm not making anything worse, so I can, like, I can deal with pain, you know? And, uh, I just felt like I don't know what to do, but I don't think the answer, like, I don't, I don't feel like just so much has happened in my life and in my body, like, to just jump on medication doesn't feel like the right move, but I don't know what the right move is. And then, uh, I've been working with a homeopath. I was working with one, I think, since January. And then I switched homeopaths, I think, in August. July, August. I think August. And um, also in August was when I had the realization that I had been in a cult. And I was like, I need to start speaking. And I became also very aware that I was like, this is kill. Like, to not speak is killing me, is what it feels like. Don't know if it's that drastic, but it felt – it It really felt that drastic. Like, for me, I have always processed everything by speaking and sharing and, like, to feel so silenced and to uh, – I put I, – I recognized when I realized that I was in a cult how much blame I had been putting on myself and how much self-questioning I had done, which is the emotional kind of core of an autoimmune disorder, um, they say, is basically this, like, your immune system not knowing – Uh, what is you and what is not you also a suppression of anger like and what is anger but like your boundaries are anger also like this is not okay with me uh this treatment i don't accept this is wrong all these like voices of anger and uh this expression of like no this is not okay with me this is not the way I will be treated, all that voice, um, being shut down, uh, and suppressed in the body, um, super, super immune system related, so there's this, like, emotional component, and I was just like, oh my god, I, like, I have to, I am, I need to speak, like, don't care what happens, uh, I've known that I've needed to speak since this happened. And like, I've been silent for a year and no longer. So, uh, started speaking massively crazy, opened up a lot of things, uh, ultimately good things, but uh, just, you know, it, stressful, like just stress on the body. So, uh, finally, I around I don't know when that time at some point I contacted the (laughs) rheumatologist again and I was like okay maybe I should at least go talk to her because then I was like I think I'm just avoiding um like I should be able to go and just hear her opinion and and talk get everyone's opinion right like if I'm really gonna uh heal this and work through it like I I want to bring everyone in so uh see the rheumatologist Made an appointment. I must have made the appointment like in July or something. I don't know because they gave me an appointment in September. I think I must have made it in July because it was like two months away and I had to wait that amount of time. So they gave me an appointment in December. Or sorry, September. (laughs) And so I went to the appointment in September and like working on stuff with my homeopath too, like all this sort of repressed... Uh, voice, repressed anger, repressed emotion, expression, uh, working out a lot of different things sort of in that realm also. I love homeopathy. I mean, I'm not going to talk about it again because I've talked about it on, like, in, at different times. Jordan and I talked about it in two episodes ago, I think. Um, but I really love the energetics of homeopathy. So, Uh, Anyway, so I went to the rheumatologist and I also felt like at this appointment, I had become so good at the doctors. (laughs) Like, uh, I don't know. And maybe this is, I won't go super in depth into this now, but like I used to just feel so little in the doctor's office and I would feel really intimidated and like they didn't understand me. And whenever I tried to push back against anything that they said, I felt like, Uh, they were just, I would just sort of like cower and, um, either just agree to what they said in the moment so that I didn't have to like, and then not listen to them. Like I would just like, you know, they'd say do this and I'd be like, okay. And then not do it. Or, uh, if I tried to like challenge something, I didn't know enough about it to be able to challenge it. And then they would like disagree. And then I would just kind of shut down. And so, uh, this time I went in and I had Jordan go with me. I find that really helpful sometimes just to have another person like in the room, especially with a specialist. I think specialists can feel very intimidating because they know so much and they can sometimes have this very rushed attitude of like, they know what's best and you don't. And, uh, I like having someone else in there to just, like, kind of, rem- like, they don't, the other person doesn't do anything, but just, like, to have somebody there so I can feel like there's someone else on my side here, you know? Like, it just kind of reminds me, like, helps me be able to speak up more and kind of hold my ground when I have to do that. And so Jordan went and, um, anyway, the it was such a, it was the appointment I had imagined but it was like it felt like a win for me because you know she looked at my labs and she uh told me she wanted to do other blood work and I asked her a lot of questions about that and why and what she wanted to test and all that and then um I wonder if I should put another log on the fire no I guess not no I'm not going to um it's 27 degrees in here Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's really warm. It's like 80, I think. Um uh so the rheumatologist uh you know, she like she looked at my labs and then she she like touched all around my body and asked me a lot of extremely fast-paced questions and then she came in the room, and she was so smiley. I couldn't stand it. It was, like, so weird. It was, like, she smiled the whole time, and she was so disembodied, and so just, like, she was, like, so you have rheumatoid arthritis, and she was, like, smiling the whole time, and she's, like, it's a disease where she, like, explained it like a five-year-old, and then she was, like, so you're gonna, I'm gonna have you take this medication, and then you're gonna do, and I was just, like, this is, like, wild. Like, it was just, it's, It's, like, an emotional thing to be told, but then when someone's telling it to you and they're, like, not in their body at all and they're just, like, smiling, it was just a bizarre scenario. It was, uh, yeah, but I, and I kept reminding myself, like, um, you know, this is why I'm, like, the reason that I came is to just hear her perspective. And so I was, like, the reason that I'm here is to hear your perspective, um, I was, like, I'm not, like, I'm not against medication entirely. I just – I don't feel that that's right for me yet. And, you know, she she pushed back uh, and we had a discussion. But ultimately I was, like, yeah, I hear what you're saying and I respect it. And um, this is why I'm here, to, like, get your opinion. But – right now, that's not what I want to do. Like, I want to explore other things first. And, you know, the rheumatologists don't, like, her training is that, well, I don't really know what they tell. They must just tell them, like, we don't know why, because they're just like, we don't know what causes it. And so, because we don't know what causes it, uh, that, like, conversations about that just aren't really on the table, because they don't think they matter, it seems. And they're just sort of like, here's what we do to treat this, to treat the symptoms of this. And that's the other thing. And something Gabor Mate says that I really like is that, uh, it's important to not think of things so much as diseases. Like an autoimmune disease is not a thing. It's a process. It's like a process that your body is currently doing. And so it's not really accurate. Like he says about cancer, like you know, everyone has cancer cells in them all the time. Like we, our body, like we have some cancer cells. It's just that in someone who quote unquote has cancer, those cells have gotten out of control and like really multiplied. Uh, so, um, at what point do you say someone has cancer? Well, you say it when like it's gotten so out of control and then it gets diagnosed, right? But it's not really like a thing. Like it's not really this black and white, like, Like, an autoimmune disorder is not like a, oh, suddenly you have it. It's kind of like this slow process of, like, things that your body has been doing the whole time. And at what point did it begin? I don't know. Like, it could have been there in tiny bits since I was a teenager and just slowly, uh, increasing and like you know it could have gotten like they say the genes have to turn on right well what turned it on we we are gonna go into that <laughs> uh this episode is so we' gonna be so long um we but so there's a number of different things that but like I, who knows what turned it on was it the way that I behaved as a child like my kind of childhood wounding? Was it my brother's accident? That was a huge, massive life stressor that like turned those genes on. Was it then all the deaths that happened after that? My parents divorce, Like, who knows what turned it on, right? Did all these things just add to this kind of like stress bucket, this jar of water, right? And then at a certain point, it was just like, too much. Um, That's the way that that I see it. And so, like I was saying at the beginning, I don't think it's concretely one thing. Um, so, uh, so I, I told the rheumatologist, rheumato- I did her blood work that she wanted me to do. And um, I did another round of labs uh, with Laura Lyons who I've been working with. So like those labs should, some things I could work on. And then I also, I've been, you know, there's been a lot of different pieces and I'm, I'm not going to go into depth, super in detail into like who my team is currently right now, but I do have a really solid team of people that I really trust. And, uh, that includes like, I don't know, <laughs> it's like three different like sort of functional nutritionists, Uh, my family doctor, which I should also mention, the rheumatologist, uh, homeopath. And then we have some, like, environmental people that I'll go more into also. Oh, yeah, and the SERS doctor. Okay, so there's so many different pieces. So all these people, I'm just kind of, like, over the past number of months, I've been, like, slowly sort of gathering these people, like, okay. Uh, I need to learn more. And and ultimately that's the the thing, right? Like that I was mentioning at the beginning, like I, if I'm going to sort of conduct this team of people and like, like I have this team and they're all great in their own ways. But like, for me, I'm the only one in my body and I have to, um, I have to, I have to, even though I've chosen them for their expertise, I have to also be able to vet like, is this trustable? Like I have to be able to um you know, the rheumatologist is an expert in rheumatology, but I have to be able to like understand exactly what's happening and what sh- what perspective she's coming from so that I can uh have a discussion with her where it's not just like She says this, so I listen, you know, and it's that way with like nutritionists and stuff too, where it's for me, I think it used to be more like, well, this person just says this and I trust them. So I agree, (laughs) but that got me into a cult. So now I don't do that anymore. Now what I do is like this person says this and I do trust them. So like I'm going to I'm going to now look into it more. What can I find to back up this perspective? Are there other people I also trust that disagree if that's the case? Uh, then where do I look to find more information so that I can determine for myself um, what the best path, the course of action is? And uh, so, yeah, there's just like, people will have different perspectives on things and that doesn't mean that like everything they say is wrong. It's just sort of like, I have to be able to determine why people are disagreeing on something and be able to determine like what I should do and what I should try. So, uh, yeah. So the family doctor also, I'll briefly, I'll mention how, well, so something that came up uh, a couple months ago. So I started working with, uh, new people. And one thing, one of them said, was that she had something called SIRS. This is called chronic inflammatory response syndrome, if you haven't heard of it. And I had heard of SIRS because in the summer, uh, mm, I don't know if you've heard of Michaela Peterson, she's Jordan Peterson's daughter. She has like her own business, her own stuff, but she's had rheumatoid arthritis since she was a little girl. Really bad, really, really, really bad. But she recently discovered this year that it's actually been SIRS the whole time. That's like the root of her thing. So she's in treatment for SIRS. And she's the one who she popularized. It's called the lion diet, which is like carnivore. It's just like basically only eating beef. And that healed her. It kept her in remission. I have known about that because, uh, you know, all year I've been like, (laughs) what do I do to help my body heal from this? And that's one of the most tempting things because it's like, it does for a lot of people eating only meat puts them in uh this like remission of symptoms and they actually think that now they know why that is but it's basically like the the basic understanding of it is that uh it does help it's helping it, i don't remember exactly what it's doing it's help it's doing something that's like i think It's like temporarily stopping the, I I don't know. I won't say, I don't remember, but it's doing something that they're like about to put out a study on showing that it helps, but it's not, it's not solving the root problem. So a lot of people like change their diet for autoimmune stuff and they feel better and they think like, oh, the diet was the problem. But actually what I have seen and what I believe is that, uh, diet is an important piece and it can help or it can hurt. But it's not the root, um, at all. So, so, and the thing is with carnivore, it's like I could do that and maybe be in temporary relief. But then the question also becomes like, it's kind of like a band-aid solution. And so what harm is that going to do? Like no carb going to do for my body, uh, long-term And the way that that hurts the metabolism long-term is like, I, I don't, uh, I'm current, that's currently something that I'm really hesitant to explore. I don't think I'm, I will, um, perhaps, (laughs) perhaps if, if things get, uh, bad enough at some point, but, uh, I don't think that that's like the long-term solution, So right now I'm more interested in like the root long-term solution. So, uh, but anyway, she's talked a lot about her like discovery. And so anyway, I had heard of SERS because of that. And I had actually taken, you can take a, it's called a VCS test. It's a visual contrast sensitivity test where it basically measures like level of inflammation in the brain. SIRS is caused by biotoxins. It's a biotoxin illness. So it can come from something like getting Lyme disease, like a tick-borne illness. It can come from algae blooms in the water. It can come from mold, exposure to mold. It can come from, and like most people have had that. There's like, I think 80% of buildings in the U.S. have water damp, past water damage. uh, Or like COVID, like viruses can trigger it. So, um. SIRS I didn't know a ton about. In the summer when I like I took the test, I failed it, the visual test. And it was like, you likely have SIRS and I was like, I don't know what to do about this. It seemed really overwhelming. <laughs> so I just like kind of put it to the side. And then uh this girl I started working with, she had SIRS and she healed from it. And she was like, from the things you're saying, I think you should look into SIRS. And I was like, well, I did actually take that that test and failed. And so she referred me to her doctor, who's like a real doctor, uh, MD, or actually I think she's like a, a DN, uh, doctor of, nur- DNP, Dr- doctor of nurse, practitioner, I don't know. Uh, But she's like an actual, like, fa- she used to be a family doctor in the States and now she specializes in this. Uh, And... I was more curious because I had also just purchased this book, which I haven't read in full yet, but it's called Chronic. And this, the doctors who wrote this book, I think one of them is a doctor. One of them was his patient. The doctor who wrote this book has a theory that, so there's all these pieces that come together, right? So the doctor who wrote this book has a theory that, um, that all autoimmune disease are actually Lyme related and they're all Lyme. They're all caused by a tick and he calls them Lyme Plus. So forgive me if I I don't summarize this perfectly because I've only read a little bit. Um, But that's his kind of premise, is like all autoimmune stuff is actually Lyme and it's just like different individuals, like different autoimmune disorders or different like bodies reactions to the same thing, which is like this uh, ongoing chronic uh, tick thing. And that was interesting to me, also, because <laughs> uh, they the treatment that they this doctor does for that is antibiotics. And there's a whole community of people. It's called the Roadback Foundation. And then there's like groups and stuff of a doctor who did the Roadback Foundation. Uh, he treated rheumatoid arthritis. He treated autoimmune diseases with antibiotics very successfully. So. That was all interesting to me because it was kind of like, OK, all these things um, and, and the reason that they use antibiotics is because they say it could actually not just be Lyme, but it could be like uh, mycoplasma or it could be like there's different infections, underlying infections that can cause like you could have this underlying infection no one knows about and that can cause the autoimmune disorder. So there's, like, all these different pieces, but they all seem to meet to have this core underlying piece of, um, of the body could have this sort of infection, which is why the antibiotics work sometimes. Um, it has exposure to something. And so, like, there. I think if you put those things together, the reason the antibiotics work is because there's some underlying thing and, uh the antibiotics are helping get rid of that, but it's also not really solving, uh, like why can't the body get rid of this thing, right? Well, SIRS does that. SIRS basically is, SIRS is triggered by the exposure to the biotoxins, but, um, it also, it, it, there's a gene called the HLA-DR gene, I think. and But there's also numbers, a number of different genetic markers. I'll, I can, maybe I'll compile some resources together. Uh, but, because uh, there's a lot of like articles and things that you can read online, different resources that give, uh, and like doctor's papers and stuff that give thorough overviews on this. SIRS is new. So most doctors don't really know about it yet. It's not really, like it's, they're just... Uh, I think the earliest studies on it were done in the late 90s. So it's just, like, not really popularized in the literature yet. And a lot of doctors still don't even think there's, like, such thing as chronic chronic Lyme. Uh, which other doctors very think there is. So, um, so, like, my family doctor, when I was explaining all this to her, because that's what I was going to tell you, is that when I saw her, I was like, listen, all these things. And she was like... She was like trying to argue with me, but I had learned so much about it that I actually was, I was super nice and like super respectful. But I was just like, that's actually not true. Like you might think that, but these other doctors don't think that. And they actually think this. And I was able to like uh, articulate it. And she ended up just being like, okay, fine. Like send me all the paper, like send me the research that you have and I'll look at it. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So uh. (laughs) um so the so for sirs uh and the other thing was like we have had some mold around the windows in our house and we did a mold test in the summer because uh because I had this weird rash on my hands for a while and also because uh it was just weird like so much of me was getting better But like this stuff wasn't that Laura, uh, who I've been working with, I've talked about her. She's one of the nutritionists that I've worked with the longest. She was kind of like, I wonder if you should just test for mold just to like see. And I was like, well, we do have a little bit of mold, but I think I don't know this for sure. My hunch is that I know why we have we have some mold around the windows in our house because... When we moved in, we didn't know anything about ventilation or condensation. And so the windows, we had too much humidity in the house. The windows would get condensation and we did literally nothing about it. And we would just be like, I don't know, whatever. Like, uh, you know, like, I don't know. We just, we did nothing. It didn't seem that important. We didn't know anything. We didn't know any better. Uh, Fast forward. And so in the summer, I was like, well, if I could be reacting, I should like find out so we did a test on the house and we found out that there's high levels of mold in the house, but there is no bad mold. So all the molds that they say that can cause illness, like all the, the black mold and stuff, we don't have any of that. So it was kind of this weird, like, there's certainly elevated levels of, of stuff, which, I, which makes sense because I can see it, you know, like it's just we... Have this old home and like it's around the windows. I think we, I don't, the jury is out whether we replace all the windows or if we can just like remove it from the windows. It's been this agonizingly slow process of just because with mold, if, if you do have a mold problem, you don't want to just like react and kill it with bleach or like do anything reactive. Um, so what you really want to do is, uh, you don't want it you don't wanna disturb it in such a way that makes it spread its mycotoxin spores everywhere, which will, if you're sensitive to it, make you react more. So uh it it's kind of in this slow process of like, do we have mold? We have some, it doesn't seem to be that bad. Our test wasn't that high compared to most. Like basically it's the way that it feels to me right now, and I'll know more in a couple months, but like the way it feels to me right now is probably, uh, the mold is just like an added factor. I don't think it's, it's the root of anything, uh, or who knows? Maybe it was originally, but I, I, my hunch is that the mold in our house is not really that bad. It's just that because it's there at all and I'm already really sensitive to it and already have the stuff going on in my body, it's just kind of like adding to it is how it feels, um. So, but what I, so the thing with SIRS is that 24% of the population has this gene, and this gene variation makes it so that your body can't get rid of the toxin. So, you're exposed to something like Lyme or uh COVID or um mold or algae bloom, cyto something, uh, and your body can't actually like get rid of it the way that most people can. So most people's bodies are exposed and they just like get rid of it. I don't actually know for sure if I have this gene yet, I should say. This is all like speculation. And that's why I was going to be like, should I just, because I'm getting that those tests done uh, in a couple weeks. So I should know, you know, it'll probably take another month. So I probably won't know for a couple months. But the, and so then I was like, should I not? But then I was like, I'll just share it because it's certainly a thing for some people. So, uh, (laughs) if that's you, maybe it would be helpful. Uh, so, um, so I don't know for sure if I have this gene or not, but because, like, people in my family have either long COVID or this rheumatoid arthritis goes back so far, these genes are there, right? And so if, uh, Maybe everyone has just had, you know like maybe the house had mold and then it like I don't know. you know, who knows I grew up very in tick country. I actually had a tick bite when I was like, I don't know, 12, younger, 10 um a tick bit my back and had like really latched on and my dad had to pull it out with tweezers. Did I get Lyme? I don't know. They thought I had Lyme. There was also a period of time in my mid-20s where they thought I had Lyme because I had this really intense fever. No one knew why. No one could figure it out. And I had this huge rash on my side. And they thought, they were like, you have to get tested for Lyme. And they tested me for Lyme. And then they were like, you don't have Lyme. But now I have learned that that test is not necessarily very reliable. So Uh, (laughs) there's a lot of different pieces, right? It's like, could I could my hunch? And then there's also the piece of like, uh, when I got COVID, everything got more intense. And so, um, it feels to me like I could have this underlying thing that all these things just added to, right? Like maybe I got, maybe my guess is like, and it's a guess. Okay. I don't know for sure. My guess though is like maybe I got bit by a tick when I was young and I had this underlying like it kind of turned on these genes but like mildly and I was doing these other things and I went through a lot of trauma and that was like more stressful and caused some things to like go wonky and uh who knows maybe I didn't get Lyme until my mid-20s uh maybe I was I certainly was exposed to mold at different times in my life who knows when around around the world certainly in southeast asia like where i spent months like you know i don't know all over the place maybe my childhood home had it who knows but probably not because it was newer and i don't know if there were any leaks but (laughs) um you know it could have happened anywhere you know uh and so um uh Or there's other infections that can also be the the thing. So then it was, like, I I added more stress, more trauma, and then uh, got COVID. And um, who knows? Like, all these – and then moved into an older home. And maybe there's, like, things that I'm sensitive to in here. So all this stuff, it's, like, a big storm, right? It just causes this, like – and what's happening, they – the SERS people say – if you have SIRS, what's happening is your immune system is so overreact, Like it's, it's not just overreacting on its own. It's like, hey, there's all this stuff in here. Get it out. But it can't get it out because your body doesn't have a way to get it out. So if you have SIRS, there's a whole, it's called the Shoemaker Protocol. You can go through this whole, it's like a 12-step process. And you should find someone who, uh, who a doctor who's like specializes in it specifically and knows how to treat it and knows what to do. So that's what I'm doing. Um, but so I'm doing, they do like this, not just the genetic testing for that gene, but this like huge range of, uh, genetic testing so they can find out exactly like, are you reacting to COVID? Are you reacting to mold? Like what's, uh, what are all of the things? There could be a few different things at once. Like what are all the contributing factors? What genes are turned on? What ones aren't? What exactly is going on? And then we treat them in the specific order they need to be treated. So that's kind of the adventure I'm embarking on. But the thing is, and what I think is extremely fascinating and worth paying attention to is that, um, is that, what they do in rheumatology, like what the rheumatologist wants to give me is something they, they use a lot of DMARDs. They're called, uh, what does DMARD stand for? It stands for disease modifying antibiotic resistant drug. Let me see if that is correct. DMARD drugs. What does it stand for? Tell me what disease modifying anti-rheumatic drugs. What did I say? Antibiotic resistant or something. That's not true. It's, disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs. But what they do, I believe, wait, let me not say anything incorrect. Uh, what do they do? I think they suppress the immune system. Yes, okay, they do. I just didn't, I was like, wait, I second-guessed. DMARDs work to suppress the body's overactive immune or, or inflammatory systems. So what's fascinating about this to me And this is the thing, right? I think you have to become fascinated by it because, uh, most of this year I was in, and I just, I like, I was in, I was, I was in a very like relaxed healing myself place, but I was also like, it was scary, these things. And like to have my body doing things that were not under my control and that were just like weird and scary. And I hadn't experienced before. It was really, really scary. Um, But I've kind of shifted now and like, I think I was in a more disempowered state of just kind of like, this is happening. It's really scary. I don't know what to do. No one knows the answer. No one can tell me what to do. I'm going to have to do it myself. And that feels really overwhelming. Everything hurts because everything hurts. I don't think I even mentioned that. Like everything now. So uh, (laughs) there's so many pieces of this. My knee is still super swollen. Uh, but I do have a torn meniscus. I found that out in November. I have two big meniscus tears. So maybe they've been there forever. Maybe they were, I, one of them at least was certainly there forever. Probably they were old tears from soccer and stuff that were protected by a lot of muscle that then I gained weight and it strained them. And then I started being more active and then it tore more. So, uh, but anyway, so I have that happening to my knee. So I have to get surgery on my knee probably in a couple months. That aside, <laughs> my joints hurt. Both my wrists now hurt a lot. My feet hurt. My right shoulder, my right elbow, everything hurts. So I'm in a lot of pain, but I'm also managing. So just to you know, throughout that's happening. Um, but there is a number of things. I'm, so uh, so anyway, what was I saying about the sir? So the fascinating thing is like. If you take these drugs, they work, quote unquote, work for rheumatoid arthritis by suppressing the immune system or they give you methotrexate. But I methotrexate. Let me see. That's their gold standard. She told me, what does it do? I don't know what methotrexate actually. It, it, it's an anti-inflammatory, I guess. It decreases inflammation. Uh... They give it to treat cancer. It's pretty intense, methotrexate, but they that's their, like, number one. She was like, this is our gold standard drug. If you want to take methotrexate, you have to stop at least six months before you're going to get pregnant. I wasn't sure when I wanted to get pregnant, so, like, it was like, do it, I, like, anyway. I wasn't going to take it anyway. Um, but she offered me some others, and those are DMARTs, which are, like, they decrease your immune system. But the thing is, what if, <laughs> what if the root cause of this is SIRS? What if the root cause of most autoimmune is SIRS? Or uh, what if the root cause of of autoimmune is infection? And what if it's that your body is reacting so strongly that uh, you can't get rid of the toxins and so the reaction is actually appropriate? Which to me, it makes a lot more sense than just saying like, oh, your body just started, decided to start attacking itself and like your immune system is just going crazy and it just you know, decided to just hurt you. That is not a narrative that makes sense to me. So, uh, what makes more sense is like something's actually there and your immune system's reacting so strongly because it can't get it out. So then why would you take, like, the last thing I would want to do in that case is take an immunosuppressant, right? So that's why I'm, I'm, and I'm I'm gonna see the rheumatologist uh, this week, so I'm about to take all my uh, medical papers and research to her to explain to her uh, my my case. Um, the real reason I'm actually going to see her cause that is because I want my opinion, her opinion on my knee surgery that I'm going to get <coughs> uh, on that MRI. And- you know, just causes of the inflammation. The The orthopedic guy thought the cause of the inflammation in my knee is from just the tears because of how the tears are. But I suspect that the rheumatologist might disagree. So anyway, I just want to get different opinions and decide about surgery and stuff. So, um, but it's become, it's like, I'm in control, right? I'm in charge. So anyway, let me, before this gets insanely long, let me uh, <laughs> go more into like just the different components. We've already talked about a bunch of them, right? The emotional components, which are like, uh, in this case, for me, I think, are like the suppressed anger, this constant self-questioning. But I think it would be wrong and a mistake to put all the eggs in one basket, to be like, it's all because of just this one part. It's like, no, I think that I think everything has different components and they all contribute. And I think that's why people don't really heal or they like try to like a lot of people. I'm in a lot of groups because um, I I really like <laughs> groups of people online. Like uh, I like to learn like Facebook groups, stuff like that. Like I like to watch people talking about something I'm interested in and see how they talk about it and just kind of learn that way. And so uh, I have been watching people who have rheumatoid arthritis and how they talk and like what they're looking into and what they think helps. And I think what's really interesting is like a lot of people have this very limited, like they don't bother to go much deeper. Like they're just like, oh, uh, like diet helped this person. Or But what's wild is different people uh, who have it All a huge range of different diets, they say, helps them. Some people are like vegan and they're like, that cured me. Some people are carnivore, that cured me. Well, why? There has to be a reason why um, people are being helped by all these sorts of things. And so, like I said, I think the food is, um, it can be like part of the solution and it could be part of the problem, but it's not, it's not like the actual thing that's the problem. So, um, but it is curious, like Why? does changing the food help, right? But, um, and there's a whole gut microbiome component also. Uh, but yeah, so, um, like a lot of people I'll see say like, oh, it's just the food. Like, like people who eat all meat, they're like, oh, it's like the other foods that are causing rheumatoid arthritis. It's like, no, that's not what's causing autoimmune disorders, but it does help you to change it, but that doesn't mean it's the cause, you know? So, anyway, uh, not one component is the cause. There's the emotional piece. There's the, I mean, who knows about the spiritual piece? I don't really care anymore, to be honest with you. Like, I just, uh, there could be like an ancestral kind of component, pain past, but that's also kind of physical. Like, that is sort of genetic in that way. I don't really tend to think of that as such an esoteric thing anymore. Um, you know, you could say psychic attacks or other people's energies or whatever. I feel kind of wary of that. I don't really, I feel like it's impossible to actually know and thus I don't care that much. Um, although I am really interested in the energetic component that is homeopathy where you can kind of like, you take the essence or an energy of a thing and that helps you subtly heal. Uh, that is interesting to me. So, but I've experienced like shift with that. So anyway, who knows what that component is, right? Then there's the physical. It's like nervous system trauma. That's a huge piece because your nervous system is governing everything in your body. It's governing all of your organs. It's it's guard, uh, governing your stress hormones. Like your nervous system is uh connected to everything. And so if you have a lot of trauma and stress in the body, that's going to be negatively impacting things, right? And um So again, it's not like the main thing necessarily, but it's certainly going to be a big piece. Uh, There's the genetic piece, uh, which we can't really change, but we can change what might turn the genes on or not. Biotoxins, right? Not really necessarily in your control. Lime, mold, algae, COVID, like viruses, that kind of thing. Uh, Nutrition, again, can really, really help. Something I'm currently experimenting with with nutrition Um, is I've been doing a really high carb, low fat, moderate protein diet, uh, which I'm not even really calling diet anymore. It feels like an experiment to me. It doesn't feel like laden with like restriction and like, oh, I can't eat this and this food is bad or whatever. It's just like, I'm just experimenting, seeing what happens if I give this to my body. Um, I'm doing that under the guidance of somebody else because, uh, we're seeing that if it helps my body, it's temporary would never recommend low fat for anyone, uh, long-term. It's just, like, a couple months trying it out, seeing if it kind of kickstarts my body into just, like, a more metabolically healthy state, just if it, uh, helps my body efficiently burn carbs and produce more energy from the food that I eat and, uh, just, like, really make sure that it's burning carbs for energy instead of fat, which is the more efficient way to be. So, and also like it lowers inflammation. So it's just, we're, we're trying it out. Um, seems to be working really well so far actually, but it's kind of too early to say I've been doing it for like a month. Um, but I've been sleeping through the night a bunch, which is interesting. That has changed. Like I've been sleeping better. It seems Uh, and, um, my periods seem to be changing. It's too early to say for sure, but I think my cycle might be a more healthy length this month. I can't tell yet. You know, it's just too early to tell, uh, but we're trying that out. Um, so I'm like, I'm kind of testing that I'm like on a whole bunch of different other supplements because of my recent labs to just increase like different minerals and, vitamins and stuff and make sure I'm getting everything in. I actually did a whole month of removing grains, gluten, eggs, dairy, soy. Really did not want to do that. I ended it like mid-December. Really did not want to. (laughs) Really, because you know, I just like have done so much with my diet and I was like, it's gonna suck. Like I really like dairy, but I just felt like there are some people that say that there's like their body just reacts really strongly to certain foods and I didn't want to do something as restrictive as carnivore, but I thought like these are kind of the main triggers, like allergens for people are, are tend to be like dairy, grains, uh, eggs, whatever. And I was like, I've never actually really removed, I removed dairy years ago, but I never removed eggs. Like I was just like, I should just maybe do it all at once it was pretty tough. It's really hard to get enough calcium without dairy. I mean, tough in like a mineral way. Like it was, it's dairy makes up, dairy is so nutrient dense. And so to like remove dairy, uh, makes it really hard to get all the other minerals, your minerals in for sure. And, uh, even with tracking, I just found it really, really hard. I mean, I didn't succeed. (laughs) Like it was just like, uh, my calcium, especially just real, real hard. Uh, but I wanted to do it just to, uh, get out of the way and just be like, okay, remove those things, slowly adding them back in. How do I feel? Uh, feel totally fine. Still not really doing grains. I actually feel like I feel better the way we've been having more like fruit and squash, a lot of cooked fruit, maple syrup, uh, milk now, sugar. Uh, I don't know. It just feels better. My carbs coming from those places. Oh, um, but yeah, so gluten I haven't done in a few months because they just say gluten can hurt the gut. So with everything that's going on in my body, I think it's also temporary. Like I have a lot of hope that in a few years I'll be super healthy and have sourdough and stuff. So I think it's just kind of like what's appropriate in the moment. Um, so trying that out. But yeah, I did my month without those things. It was fine. Nothing changed. (laughs) I added dairy back in. I had a little bit of gas at first that has seemed to go away. Um, and I added eggs back in too. So I seem to be fine. It hasn't caused any sort of change in pain. I've also started, oh, physical therapist. That's another part of my team now with my knee. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah, just a lot of stuff has been now, like, because my knee is hurt so much, my quad is like withering away. Oh. (laughs) And if I'm going to get surgery, I have like, yeah, anyway, so you can do like pre-op surgery. So we're doing that. We're also going to see if it starts to get any better so that maybe I wouldn't have to have the surgery, but it seems like, I don't know. I feel like I can feel my meniscus floating around in my knee and it hurts. And that was what the surgeon said was that he thought that the swelling, he said, it's just like something in the gears is like getting caught. Anyway, um but I'll have to get that surgery in the States because in Canada it's free, but in Canada you'd have to wait like over a year to do that kind of surgery. It is insane. It's like free healthcare, but you have to wait forever and be in pain. And it's like, no. So I think we're just, uh, if I do it, we're going to do it in the States and just pay for it, which is crazy, really crazy. But also it's also crazy to not be able to walk well. So, uh, there's a lot of things that are crazy right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Oh, and I didn't mention another thing we did for our house. So our house, the, the real problem was humidity, right? We had, it was too humid. We got a hygrometer, it's called, and we tested the humidity and it was too high. So, uh, we have a, like a dirt, half dirt, half concrete crawl space under the house, uh, basement type of thing and real old house built in 1901. So, uh, the humidity likely is coming from down there because 40% of the air that comes from your house in your house comes from under your house. So, uh, we decided to, we put a lot of money into, uh, ventilation for the house. So we got like an HRV system. It's called to, to ventilate the whole house and bring in fresh air and get rid of dry, whatever, not fresh air. And, uh, we also sealed up the basement. So we got like, it got spray foamed and plasticed and just like covered in a seal so that, uh, the humidity doesn't come, I guess, as much from down there. And then we also got dehumidifiers. And then our wood stove actually helps a lot during the winter time. It dries the air out quite a bit. So there is no more condensation, which is wonderful. We have solved the problem, but we still have to figure out what to do. Um, but yeah, it's like, uh, I think it's it's kind of a w- crazy situation because nothing can happen urgently, right? And it's just like, in order to do things right, they have to be done step by step. And I feel that same way with my body. It's just kind of like, uh, I could be reactive and jump on a medication and just like try to make it stop as soon as possible. But I am... I don't even – if no, I would say – I think I've become much more of a long-term person. I don't know if I am. I think I've become much more of one. And I'm a lot more interested in, like, what does three years from now look like, you know? And I'd rather uh, be in more pain now in order to, like, make better choices. So, um yeah so i think i touched so then like there's the medical components right like what would the medical world say there's the environmental pieces i think for other people i'm not really looking at these as much because i don't think it's a thing for me but for other people it would be like you know what are your relationships like like are you surrounded by like abuse or negative uh people or just like does your life suck do you have a life that you really hate do you have a job you hate like all that kind of stuff matters a lot too i think Um, I feel pretty, like, happy in all of those areas, so I don't think those are a major thing for me in this case. There's psychological, right, like, your thought patterns and your, are you constantly in the thought pattern of, like, everything is damaged, like, I'm only getting worse, this is terrible, blah, 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 we all have those moments, but, like, most of your thoughts most of the time, um... And I think, like I said at the beginning, the biggest shift for me has just been, like, are you willing? And I think I really had this moment where that noticeably shifted, where I was just, like, I'm willing. I'm, like, willing to do this. I'm willing to go through it. I'm willing to share about it. I'm willing to just, like, uh, I'm willing to, like, thoroughly live my life, you know? And so this is part of it. And um, that's what's going on. So... I will continue to share more about that as I know more things, but I'm sure it will be more slow uh, because nothing's happening super quickly. All that that I just told you happened over, like, a year. Um, But, yeah, I really hope that, that like, some parts of that could be helpful for people working through different things. And... um. Oh, and then of course there's stuff like German New Medicine, which I think is interesting. It's like uh, German New Medicine thinks everything is a conflict. I found really good results with German New Medicine in certain ways, but ge- the problem with German New Medicine to me is that it doesn't really give you a solution. So it might tell you, like, like they say in German New Medicine things are conflicts. Uh, like rheumatoid arthritis would be a separation conflict compared uh, combined with a self-devaluation conflict. Uh, but the only times that I've found German New Medicine to be very significant for me are when I have no, like I've discovered what the conflict actually is. And in this case, I don't really exactly know what it is. Like there could be a number of things that it is, but none of them rings as like the thing. And then the problem is like, even if you do know what it is, it doesn't tell you how to fix it. It's just kind of like, this is what's going on. And it's like, okay, well now what do I do? So, Uh, that's like also in my mind, but it's not really the top thing because, uh, I just think there's like a lot of different components, like I said. So anyway, I'm sure there could even be many more. I'm sure, uh, you know, the more energy based people, psychic people would be like, well, this and this and I don't know. I talk, but I will also say I talked to a couple psychics earlier this year and they were both like, you're really healthy. And like, uh, I don't know. Just like, okay, well anyway um so yeah so I wanted to like just I wanted to have an episode where I could just like tell the whole story because as you could see it was super long and uh now that is there so I can point people to as a resource and it's just like it exists so that's a big update of that area of my life and um yeah, I'll update more as things occur and as I learn more and uh, as things kind of happen. But that's the overview. And you'll be hearing more uh, from me soon in <laughs> different areas. Um, I always laugh when I get to the end because, as you know, if you've listened to me for a long time, I get to the end and I'm like, okay, now, now what do I say? So <laughs> I'll just say that Happy New Year to you. I hope it was helpful. Let me know. I mean, if you have any questions or anything about it, or like you are going through a similar thing or something like comes up for you, let me know. Like you can always email me. It's Demetra at DemetraGrey.com. I will put... Uh, links in the show notes. If you want like a resource, like where I put all these things in a resource, if that would be helpful for anyone, like this kind of info stuff to look deeper into, uh, I'd be happy to do that. Just let me know that you want it and I'll actually put it together. That's all for now. (laughs) And I'll talk to you soon.